Hello and welcome to the unofficial unsanctioned women's UCI cycling show. My name is Dan and with me as always is my good friend Sarah. How are you doing Sarah? I am good. I- <laughs> My whole Twitter timeline is full of people telling. I ask people to say what they've bought or purchased or done as a result of a company sponsoring women's cycling. And it's awesome. People are just replying with the most, you know, I mean, a lot of my Twitter followers, most of my Twitter followers are very, very intelligent and witty. So they have a good way with 140 characters. And, you know, there's a very British way of kind of replying. I bought a pair of socks. <laughs> So my Twitter feed is full of absolute unabashed positivity right now. So I'm just giggling at well, people saying, "I never knew these sports bras existed." <laughs> it's a it, it's it's a nice relief from perhaps some of the other things going on in the world at the moment. But also, it is interesting to me how many of those stories turn out to be. Um, not just I discovered this thing, but this thing that I discovered also turned out to actually be really good. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I came. Someone literally said I came about Volpine, uh, Volpine Apparel. You know, I came for the women's cycling sponsorship, and I stayed because they have because the products are really good. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, actually, <laughs> that's a great example. To be honest with you, because like it's not like that you can't get other merino products here in the country of merino sheep. Um, <laughs> but I, <laughs> I, I happen to own multiple Volpine shirts because they're really fucking good (laughs) but also it's interesting because there's things that people sponsored years ago like so for example when peanut butter and company the company sponsored the 22 the show air 2020 team it was called peanut butter 2012 (laughs) and there's people still who go yeah i always eat peanut butter because of the association and that's when i the last time i went to america i bought some just (laughs) because of that like you know oh So, yeah, so what we've got, uh, and the other thing is, I have only just got over the excitement of the Cyclocross World Championships. Dan. Yeah, well, hey. You need, to, you need to remind me, man. I Every time I watch a World Championships, yes. I forget to get a soigneur. Why is it my job to remind you of that? You I... need to remind me to get a soigneur because it's so hard watching like a World Championships without a soigneur. You know, you come out of it and you're like, oh, I need a massage. I need a, someone to bring me like an energy drink to replenish my yeah, blood sugar. Reason, I need, I need, reason, a, I need, a, I need, a, I need think, a fluffy towel. I, I think there's a very, very clear reason why we could never get you a soigneur for World Champs. And what? that's simply because the second that you got a taste of that life, you'd never be able to go back ever. <laughs> Yes, I'm not so wrong with that. I've had a swanya. It'd be you would turn them into your your Victorian era Jeeves. No, I had I had Jeeves wasn't Victorian. Jeeves was Edwardian. Oh well, Um, whatever uh, you know. Like the point is, you you would you would turn them into some sort of oppressed downstairs Downton Abbey kind of person and and that's just not how we roll in 2017 so no i had a swanya caroline sword panda the first time i met her i think it's the first time i met her sorry caroline if it's not um when she met me at my first aviva women's tour where i never done a race like that size before and i ended up carrying like my laptop and all these weird things dangling off me and so caroline trailed after me and then she bought me coffee at certain times and she was just like the best what drove me oh, places so nikki death and drove me places then it was they were the best one years ever and yeah, i've got yeah. to admit See, everyone needs ruined. a swanny 
Yeah, no, you've been ruined by the the kindness of then strangers and now firm friends. So, you know, yet another thing that they have to answer for. Um, But I didn't keep any of them locked up in my basement, so you're wrong. So far, not for lack of trying. (laughs) I don't have a basement. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) If only you could get a swanier to dig it for you. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, but the, oh my God. So we've got two, right, two amazing pieces. We can't start with Cyclocross Worlds because we need to go back a little bit further in time. Um, to the the um, Cadell Evans Great Ocean Road Race. And the warm-up Melbourne something-something race. Yeah, the Melbourne City something or rather whatever crit bloody thing. Both live. Yeah, both live. Um, and Channel 7. On Channel 7, which, to be honest with you, is no small feat. Um, I, I mean, it's a quirk of Australian broadcasting, probably not super interesting to every, everyone else, but part of the reason it's significant is that it's one of the commercial um, networks here in Australia. So, for example, if you were in America, that's roughly akin to it being on ABC, NBC, or CBS, or it being so on Sky, Sky or ITV. Or something like that in the UK. I, oh, ITV, oh, 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 is it a pay-per-view one? No. Because ITV's not pay-per-view. No, so it's, it's ITV, not, it's, Sky, it's, gotcha. It's, yeah, it's free-to-air um, and and nationally broadcast. So, like, that's kind of a big deal. Not least then because in January, that is also the network that is home to the Australian Open tennis, like the, the big Grand Slam tennis tournament. So oh. for them to actually open up time in their schedule and show these races live is a huge commitment. Um, and yeah, so, um, it, you know, it's kind of meaningful on, on that regard. Um, and, and I do feel like it's important to acknowledge that, um, you know, the whole reason there is a women's race is because Cadell Evans himself insisted that, you know, he wasn't putting his name to it and, and helping get this thing off the ground if there wasn't a women's race. So, oh, that's awesome. Cause I know that like they have, um, in some States you end up with a women's race because there's, there won't be any state funding mm, if mm. there isn't a women's race. And, and I applaud that, but it's, it's, there's something even nicer about one of the men, uh, one of the male pros who who don't have to do that shit. Yeah. Um, set, taking that stand. I mean, there's always, it's like that solidarity between, is, you know, cycling brothers and sisters that I like to see. So, yeah. and, and that we don't see enough of, to be honest, like there's a lot of men who just, who just, you know, who are, who, who are everything from, uh, dismissive of women's cycling or just apathetic or just ignore it yeah, to downright yeah. rude about it. So, you know, so good on Cadell. He's, yeah, uh, he's, yeah, he's exactly. a good bloke. So, um, yeah, so the um, the criterium in the city basically um, falls on um, or was held Australia on Day. Australia Day. Um, Invasion Day. Yeah, which is a complex holiday politically here. Because... Explain, explain, explain it in a nutshell to people who aren't, Aus- who aren't yeah, Australian so if or you're, haven't if you're had not Australian, Australian in their life. Yeah, if you're not Australian, um, you know, it, it's broadly equivalent. It's meant to be broadly equivalent to like Bastille Day or the 4th of July for Americans or whatever. Like it's meant to celebrate, you know, Australia as a nation. Um deliberately the date that it's on and was chosen is because the 26th of January is the date that the first fleet, uh, which is the name of the fleet of prisoners that were sent from Britain to Australia arrived here. Um, which as you could imagine, um, if you were one of our first nations people probably has a whole, well, not probably definitely has a whole bunch of, um, really traumatic imagery and history, tied to it because that was roughly exactly when we started murdering everyone 
Um, yeah, it starts a genocide against the yeah. Aboriginal Australians. And so, yeah, and so there is a there is a groundswell. You know, it hasn't reached the uh, the point yet where much has been done, but there is a movement um, which I support to change the date because you know we can literally celebrate the country we are on any other day, and it will mean just as much. But <laughs> celebrating it celebrating it on the day that we decided to co- start committing genocide is probably not the best look. So. <laughs> You know. I'm laughing. I'm laughing because I'm British, and that's what we do when something terrible is happening. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's so awkward. All so, you do is laugh. So yeah. Um, anyway. So this. So it's, so it's a big public holiday. Um, yeah. Big crowds. Live TV. Crit. Uh, won by Kirsten Veeld ahead of Chloe Hosking. Indeed. Um, you know, unsurprising in a crit that there was a sprint finish. Um, and yeah, and it was it was a good, exciting you know, um, race for, for the day. Opener. You know? Yeah, opener. And um, and a nice precursor to the rest of the events over the weekend, which include, you know, by the way, the mass participation ride as well. So, you know, there was a, you know, they turned it into a real mini festival of... of oh, um, God, there was cycling. so much going on. I couldn't keep up and it's beautiful. And um, and it's it's interesting because remember we talked about how Silence having a really bad year last year. Yeah. How yeah. they, how, how Silence Pro Cycling, when they started with big words... Um, ended up like not having their first win until the end of May in the Winston-Salem road race, yeah. which much as I really love American racing is not the not biggest, the biggest race. race. And and this isn't the biggest race either. No, no, I was but... going to say it's kind of, this is kind of that race, but it's really early in the year as opposed to late Yeah, May. it's, but it's, but it's good. You know, they've, they've hired in, they've done, they've hired in a lot more new start, new, new riders. They've got riders like Danny King and big, biggest, biggest name, Kirsten Veeld, queen of the Dutch sprinters. Mm. And it's paid off already. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's looking like they're going to have a much more um, aggressive and um, successful year, um, you know, yes. based on what we've seen so far. So, yeah, that was pretty exciting. Um, anyway, the main race of uh, for the weekend for the women uh, was held on the Saturday. Um, the Deacon Road Race. Yes, the Deacon Road Race. Um, and basically is, uh, I can't remember the exact distance. It's a hundred and something. It's loops. It's loops. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hundred and something kilometers. It's loops around um, from bay to bay. But it, it doesn't have that much of the Great Ocean Road in it, which confused me. But then it did look incredible on the little, in the little snippets yeah, I saw. It, well, look, it sort of has the best bit closest to Geelong basically is the right. short version of it like the whole thing's gorgeous and and it literally goes for several hundred kilometers but um you know keeping it close to a city large enough to sort of support the whole thing sort of makes sense and, so. and geelong has such cycling history of course yeah. had world championships um god a while back now yeah Ooh, yeah, that's, that's, going... that's feeling a long time ago. Yeah, but it's, yeah, it's one of those ones. It really makes you pause, doesn't it? Because you go, yeah, it wasn't that long ago, 2010, and then you go, oh shit, that. You know what's really weird is Mariana Voss is 30 this year. Oh. And when I first started watching, one of the things that first got me excited about, about you know, when I was there, I am not knowing anything about women's cycling, and you start looking up, who's this person? Marianne yeah. Voss, she looks a bit good. Oh, she's won everything. Holy shit, how young? Yeah. I think she was yeah. 20 that's, that's, when I first no, started watching That's going to be a typo. Sports. They hit two twice. <laughs> yeah. Like, what that's the fuck? Way. Oh, my God. 
How, how does someone do this? This is insane. Let me find out more about her. So yeah, Marina Voss is thirty this year. Oh my god, they're all they're all young enough. They're all going to be soon. They're all going to be young enough to be my daughter, and it's going to be, and I'm just going to be like this old woman in the corner, just going, oh look at the well, youngsters yeah, okay. today. That's, that's enough fantasizing about your future. Let's get back to the race. So yeah, so it's um. And it was windy. Yeah, it was like, windy. Like, one of the things he so, wants in a seaside race is wind. Yes, and it was also that really cool kind of windy where, um, because because it doesn't go, like, it doesn't just start and go the whole way along the Great Ocean Road, one of the cool things is that, like, the first, I don't know, let's say 30-odd Ks, uh, maybe not quite that far, but, you know, however far, um, was into a headwind. <laughs> and then, but you know what? and then, and then you turn right along the Great Ocean Road, and all of a sudden your headwind is a crosswind. <laughs> oh! And, and, and what happens when you have crosswinds? You know Dan? what a seaside crosswind brings? Gutter action, echelons. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Attacks. It oh, it was, it so was, it was exciting. It's, it's really exciting. It was super windy. It's kind of, it's kind of like that holy grail. Like I imagine. If you're a Dutch rider, this is like your fantasy of what heaven's like because <laughs> it's Dutch racing conditions, like really heavy wind, echelons and stuff, but it's Australian beach. So like <laughs> it's like 40 degrees and windy and sunny and the rain isn't there and the ice isn't there and going for a swim afterwards doesn't hurt. And, you know, so like I imagine that's basically what Dutch heaven looks like. Oh, uh, you see, I think the Dutchies probably secretly like their secretly like their rain. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe. But anyway, uh, point being, so there was a lot of um, lot of um, echeloning and and carry on and stuff. And um, as is wont to happen in a women's cycling race, uh, the the wind was made aggressively use of. Was aggressively made use of. That was a great sentence, yeah. Dan. No, it was pretty good. It's hard to tell. I've been working all day. Um, and a that's, group... what you're, that's, what you're, that's what your colleagues say. Yeah, it is. And, <laughs> and then I tell them it's, you know, I quote the, the uh, warrior poet Wesley Snipes from the great documentary White Men Can't Jump. It's hard goddamn work making it look this easy. So um, anyway. Um, we got a group of about 30 riders away, uh, which, which does happen fairly often in these kinds of races. Um, and it was an interesting group, uh, cause we had riders from Orica Scott, obviously, um, being the, the large Australian based team there. There was Canyon Sram, LA Cipollini, um, Kirsten Beald from Silence was there. Peter Mullins for Hagen's Berman Supermint, the American team. Um, you know, and, and a whole bunch of, of others in there working at it um there was a couple of um attacks out of that group but nothing that really sort of took hold until around about the 36 kilometer mark when christy glover who was riding for the rush women's team managed to get out and um and sort of almost made it to the minute mark but she was reeled back in um then lucy kennedy and gracie elvin from high five dream team and orica scott respectively got about 20 seconds to go at the 14 to K mark. And, um, and then they were caught. And then in a tribute to Sarah's favorite playbook of all races ever <sighs> at the 10 kilometer to go mark, former world time trial champion, Emma Pooley <laughs> charged out the front on a climb. 
and where then tried to write Emma, when, songs when did Emma, win, where, 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 where did Emma win her time trial world championships title Dan yeah I, I know I know in, in Geelong. Geelong exactly so so it's not like she doesn't have form but it, you know it is one of those like yeah, I, I just when I saw it I just burst out laughing because it's so Same. it's so Emma Pooley and and it's also so your perfect script it. it's so but your also, perfect script well it wasn't quite my perfect script well yes okay because um, she was caught yes yeah the part, the part she was she, she was she was caught by um so although it had climbs to go she was caught by three riders um not that far from the finish um in in the far and and so it came down to a three rider who were the three riders dan uh there was lucy kennedy ruth winder and mayuko hagiwara um caught her um and animate van vlerten was there as well i believe so i think it was four Five, yes, yeah, yes, five four riders caught her. Yeah, four caught her. And really. they, they, and, and how did, do, do, quickly go, quickly run through the finale? Um, well, I mean, long story short, you, you had them come in for a bit of a sprint to the finish. I mean, and they, caught her at, they caught her at the 2.5k to go mark. And Bloody hell. Yeah, yeah. I mean, one of those ones that, like, in slightly different conditions, you could have seen Pooley actually really um, pulling that off and, and it being, you know, just a classic Pooley um, victory. Uh, but oh. yes, as it was. I um, mean, sadly, sadly, there's never going to be a classic Pooley victory out of a sprint. Yeah, um, unfortunately, um, after the climb and the time trial to to get to the two point five kilometer mark, um, the the small as it was bunch sprint did not play to Pooley's strengths. So... <laughs> but 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 still, yeah. an exciting winner and an exciting winner for a lot of fans, a whole bunch um, of both reasons. old so there was fans a... and new fans. <laughs> so in the dash of non sprinters. <laughs> to the finish line. Um, to be fair, the best sprinter in the group won the sprint. Yeah, yeah, so I mean, I think, I that's, think, that's not really surprising. I think the likely suspect, and we all know, and there's no point dragging it out anymore. Annemiek van Vleuten crossed the line in first um, to to take the win, um, followed by um, Ruth Winder of United Healthcare and Mayuko Hagawara from Wiggle High Five for third. Lucy Kennedy uh, came in fourth and Pulley in fifth. So awesome race and of course you know that the Anamique fan the Anamique fan Anamique van Vleuten always had her big fan club like I'm yep. there's no two there's no two ways around it Anamique was always a very popular rider she's a very she's got a very good presence very good social media a uh, very good very interesting person um but obviously there's a lot of people who having seen her come so close to winning the Olympic Games and crash so badly and we all thought she was dead blah 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 blah, blah. we said this story a hundred times um, they're going to be, you know, just just ecstatic for her, yeah. and I think it's, and you know, it's an early season race. It's not the whole entire big big peloton, of course, but it's still a fucking important yeah. race, and it's still a uh, still very nice for her team, Orica yeah, Scott, absolutely. Orica, Australian team. Orica Scott have to be super happy with how their Australian summer's gone, gone with the domination that they had at. Um, at national champs, um, you know, this win, like they've, they've really held up that pressure that we were talking about, you know, um, a couple of weeks ago, you know, that sits on that team because they're the big UCI team in Australia for these races. You know, everyone else has got a few riders, but they've got the team. So they've been very successful. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's, it is good. It's great to see Van Vleuten back winning. Um, I found some of her comments afterwards, um, uh, a bit interesting cause she was quite honest that, um, that, 
actually she's targeting the beginning of March to be in her best shape. So mm-hmm. she was actually planning to help her team and be a bit of a domestique for the race. Uh, but, you know, in the end, she was there, so she went for it. So she did it. Yeah. So there you go. Um, it was also, I, I really enjoyed seeing Mayuko Hagawara um, back on the podium. Um, yeah, just, she's one of my favorite writers, so I just enjoyed it. There's really nothing more to say. I just liked it. Um, there's a cool little uh, interview with Emma Pooley um, on um, the cycling tips write-up of the... the um, the race and yeah that's that's kind of how it all happened excellent so you know that was overnight and then and then and then and then and then cyclocross world championships now <laughs> now this is a thing that you know regular listeners will know that sarah is fond of of um sort of you know, metaphorically elbowing me sharply in the ribs and going, even though you don't like Cyclocross, Dan, it was amazing. And so what happened was this race was literally sort of overnight for me. Two, hang on, hang on, hang on. We have to talk about this. There's two races, the under-23s, but Dan's now talking about the elites. Oh, yes, I am now talking about the elites. Sorry, would, should I should I pause or... No, 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 carry no, on, carry yeah, on. So, so we're talking about the elites, and so I woke up the next day and I, I emailed Sarah, and I was like, so I didn't see the race because, you know, cross. Um, and it's not that I'm opposed, it's just, you know, it, it wasn't, you know, anyway. Um, I was like, but from what I saw, it looks like it was a really amazing finish. And so she sent me the video and said, watch the last lap. No, what I said was, if you only watch one thing, watch the last lap. And I think I probably said something rude about, I know you think that Cyclocross... Um, no, the, you'd the, never do that. The, the would you? You, wouldn't, is rubbish. you wouldn't but be you, snide think... and rude, would you? No. No, it's not snide and rude. I basically have to bully you to watch Cyclocross. Whatever. But having bullied you to watch Cyclocross, Dan, what did you think? Well, see, now now that you put it that way, I just want to be sullen and teenage boyish and just not admit that I watched it. But Tell the just, truth, Dan. It was really fucking good. It was, a it was amazing. Lap. It was a really, really good, dramatic, ridiculous lap. Um, so yes, and, and it was a really race. good course. It was a really good course. So yes, yeah, so now this was a brand new, brand new course. Yeah, mm. we have never seen this. Um, there's been, there's a race in Luxembourg before, but the Bieles course in Luxembourg was 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 brand new. No one had raced on it. I think Christy Mayerus had seen it. There's a little video of people of people riding it, but it had um, so cyclocross, and and it was and it had been snowing in Bieles in the week leading up to the race, but the temperature had risen a bit. And one of the things that's fascinating about, especially when you're watching a weekend of racing is how the course changes from day to day. So yeah. the way the course the women rode was very different to the, the one that the men rode. But even the course that the under-23 women rode in the, it, uh, when they started at um, 12 o'clock was different to the course that the elite women started at 2. Yeah, so, yeah. It, so because you end up with like riding on mud, you can, you know, first of all, you ride on frozen surfaces and then as yep. the race goes on, you ride on mud, yeah, um, yeah. but, but, and but it's mud over the top of, but with ice underneath the mud. Yes, yeah, exactly. And even as you say, like even just watching that one lap, you could see where riders were taking different lines. Where you know clearly everyone had gone through this one section 
um, earlier and it's all churned up and chopped up as mud and there's this other bit of you know slightly raised ground that's way out near the edge but it's just a little bit cleaner and if you take that angle and and line and ride it this way you get a little bit of a more traction as you accelerate out of the corner rather than you know slipping in the in the in the mud and stuff like that you know it it's it was very very interesting watching the way um, people were adjusting um, as they as they're going to the changing nature of the course. Yeah, I mean the the women's race was on Saturday, and riders were kind of arriving in Luxembourg on Thursday, so mm. they didn't get that many times to ride it. But also, yeah. when you're when you, when you're pre ride, if your pre ride is on an iced cold day, and then your second, and then your race is on a on a on a muddy day. Yep. And then by the time the men, the elite men raced it, it had, it had all defrosted, and there were tons of little rocks sticking out that weren't there for the right. for the women's race. Yeah. So it was it was oh, so <clears throat> it had some off camber sections. There was like one of those S bends where yeah. you know you kind of having to you you know short um, short uh, ter- short stretches with a U turn at the end of it, at the end of it, and another and another and another and another, and it's. Um, it's yeah it's it's really it's really really it's, it was beautiful and then they but the yeah. most the thing that i like best was this enormous off camber descent that was just so hard to ride and so we start off with a race and you have mariana voss back from cyclocross back back from her couple of years off cyclocross you know the first time she could really defend her title properly in two years um You've got she's she's ridden eight races and won six of them. Yeah, definitely started as the absolute favourite. You've got Sana Kant, who is the technical genius, technically genius rider. Sana, famous for coming second for the last couple of years and just being devastated on the yeah. podium. And, yeah, and she shot a lot of of really sexist flack about it. Oh, why doesn't Sana smile more? Smile? Oh, no woman's ever heard that in her life. <laughs> um, oh, look at her hair. She has the prettiest Pauline. Oh, she looks like an emo teenage boy. Just fuck off. You know, like you know, we talked about this at the time, but it's it's like it's there's a certain there's a certain aspect of people kind of being really like oh she's devastated that she lost but she should still be a good sportswoman no one ever says that to the men no one says yeah. that to mark cavendish oh mark you should smile on the podium because people don't tell men to smile anyway i, I digress um you had the mountain bike class stars like katarina nash um who's you know who's 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 a mountain who's a mountain bike expert who also rides uh cross you have um casey compton the diesel rider uh, this yep. course didn't suit her but she you know she's a rider who starts off slowly traditionally and then grinds her way up now yep. a lot of um nikki Bramea, um who'd had a bad who'd had a bad accident early on in the season and doesn't seem particularly you know sh- didn't seem particularly shiny uh, Eva Lechner, another mountain bikist, mountain bikist, uh, uh, all sorts of all sorts of amazing riders, and then you had uh, newer riders to the to the cyclocross, like Lucinda Brand, who's ridden a bit of cross before, but this has this has been a really great season with a World Cup podium last weekend in Hugerheide. A rider we didn't have was world champ last year's world champion Talita de Jong, who crashed in Hugerheide. And so injured herself and couldn't contest her rainbow stripes and must be devastated. So they start out and they're attacking hard. And one of the things, oh, and Susie Goddard, the Luxembourg, uh, a Luxembourgish rider in her fifties, fifties or sixties, fifties, who had, um, who had 
who was riding her last race ever. Um, what a way to go. And Sophie de Boer, the World Cup leader, World Cup champion. Right. So I think this was the most open field with the most possible to um, uh, possible like biggest, most biggest. Yeah, biggest number of contenders, biggest number yep. of riders who could win. And one of the things I really enjoyed watching was Mariana Voss going out, um, because she's not as technically adept as the other riders, although she's still very, very good, but watching her attack just before the off-camber sections yep. so she could get to the off-camber first. Yeah, yeah. Which is super clever because, A, you don't, um, you don't, you don't crash on the off-camber, yeah. and, B, no one crashes into you. Yes, yes. Oh, and also C, it means that everyone behind you is reacting to you, so you're not re- having to react yes. to them. Yes, so, but you yeah. want to take you want to take that 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 big. And we saw a lot of disasters in the race. You know, we saw um, over the course of the race at Pavla Havlikova, Havlikova, who whose bike broke in a very early crash. Like literally, it broke. The handlebars were yeah. off. And um, it, it and, you know, and 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 she was out. Um, we saw. Alice Alice Alzufi crash on the off camber section and get someone's disc brake to her face. Mm. So she kind of was carried out, lifted over the barriers, bleeding down the side of her face. Yeah. Um, Caitlin Caitlin Antonio Antonio the 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 American rider is also another rider who crashed. So in the early laps, Voss is out. Then she's caught again by she's caught by by Sana Kant and Lucinda Brand, and they're racing together. And that's a bad situation for Kant because Brand and Voss are both Dutch. But then on the off camber section, Brand slipped down on one of the laps when they're out mm. together. Yep. And crashed. Luckily, I mean, you know, she she so good rescued herself, and yeah, you know, yeah. she still came out really hard from it. But that changed the thing. But yeah, then, exactly, Voss... it's those it's those kind of things that you know, two three seconds of separation is a foundation to build on, and and all of a sudden you're eight seconds back, and and you know, or ten seconds back, and and it starts to get away. You know, it... yeah, and 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 it changes everything. Yeah. But then Voss escaped, and so by the time she was in, went into the last lap, it looked like she'd got the win solo. This was going to be her eighth um, cyclocross world champion win. Uh, very, very emotional because, you know, obviously she's been very, very ill and, mm. and, and injured and had a bad time. And she was looking absolutely dominant and on fire and on top. I, and she came into the last the, the lap. Word, the word that struck me about watching her in, in this race was just focused. And I mean, I know it's Voss, like she always is, but like, like it, it was just, you know crackling off her like energy you know you she was just so focused on every detail of where she was riding where everyone else was around her it was it was just gripping to see yeah and so she comes in and so so and it wasn't so some people saying oh you know she's just powerful it's like she wasn't just powerful she hadn't made a single mistake mm, in the mm. whole race everyone else had made a mistake so Santa Kant had made a mistake on, on the makeup made, made a mistake at one point uh everyone else made a mistake um Katie Compton was having a bad day Sophie de Boer pulled out halfway through the race I think she's just she just she's been ill this this season and I think right. it just it was just too much for her yeah um and then it so Voss came into the last lap looking like it was a sewn up victory. Now you don't watch Psychocross. Tell us what happened in that last lap. 
Well, yeah, so so Voss um, crossed the line to start the last lap, and um, as she did, you could see Santa Cant coming around the corner on the, the home straight behind her, and so you knew that she was, you know, there was a decent gap, but it wasn't huge, um, and so the shot stayed with her, and, and we learned that the gap is about eight seconds. And um, and so we know that, you know, for Voss and particularly for a super focused Voss who hasn't made a mistake yet, that's enough. Like, that's doable from here. So like you say, oh, yeah. like, like you, you're just like, it's not that it's sewn up because all sorts of things can happen. But, you, you know, barring unforeseen things, this is this is a done deal. But it's still amazing to watch because they're going through this beautiful and technical and engaging course and and every part of it just even even the simple straightforward you know down ramps um into into the mud are are fraught moments because you can see that it's it's chopped up and wet and slushy and and you know so a wheel can slip or whatever can happen and so you know each rider just has to be at the pinnacle of their their game as they go through this and you know and you know what i love and the thing that's really exciting is every rider has her different specialities yeah yeah and so and so someone said so voss the way voss took the down ramp someone said voss takes that down ramp like i take like i drive my driver car in a video game yeah yeah <laughs> No, like, but, she, but she Voss isn't like so good. Just... But Voss isn't so good on the on the on the off camber section, for example. Exactly, and, Whereas... and that's the thing. You 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 see her uh, tackle that with uh, uh, an aggression that becomes gracious because it's so supple and it's so confident. The way she just rides through it, you know, like textbook. You could teach children how to ride cross from that 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 shot. But then, like you say, you see her approach the off camber section, and she's a little more cautious on the brakes, and she sets up before she gets into it because she knows she's got to go through it a certain way and it's a very different approach and 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 that's it and with other riders it's different things it, it really whereas Santa Camp behind her was was taking those off camber sections like fuck I'm gonna I can yeah. I can gain back seconds here I can take some risks yeah and she's a much she's, you know she and she just kill oh and and, glorious. and and she you know for want of a better way of describing it just seemed to have this better presence of of um, being able to take a slightly different line, throw herself through the start of the off-camber section, and then, you know, do that thing where she sticks the leg out to one side and gets the shoulders positioned just right to maintain balance through it in a way that looks ungodly and works, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but then, so they're coming in, they're coming in, they're on the last lap, and what happens, Dan? So we get through about the first half of the last lap, um, and the situation. And this is a lap that gets harder towards the end. Someone, yes. one of the riders said, it's like a video game. Again, video game analogies. It's like a video game. So the further through the lap you get, the harder it gets. Yes, exactly. And so we get through about the first half and not much has changed. You know, like we don't have exact time splits, but basically Voss is still in front. Um, Santa Cant is holding position roughly eight seconds-ish behind. Um, and and so it's, it's now getting tense because we're running out of time and we're running out of course. Um, and everyone knows that they now have to really go for it. And, you know, um, as you said before, um, Senecant has come twice recently, definitely, you know, like, like would probably literally rather lose, you know, like crash out and come dead last than come second again. You know, if, if that's the difference between giving it everything and, and risking everything, she'd rather do that. And so we get into um, the some of the more technical stuff and, and it's getting close and Kant catches up and then she passes Voss. No, you know why she does? 
Because Mariana Voss drops her chain. Yeah, well, I was... Yeah, exactly. Because that's when that's when Kant catches her. She wasn't so, close to her. No, no, well, she was she catching... Wasn't, she was starting to no. catch a little... No, no, seriously, you go back one more corner before that she dropped the chain and Kant had closed that gap to, I would say, four or five seconds. She was starting to but close not, the but gap. But not enough to win. Not no, enough not, to enough, ca- not, not enough, enough to win. Her. Not enough to win. And then they came through the next one and you can see his boss... So it's a, it's a, it was a um, 180-degree turn. Um, was the corner that she was going through. It was very muddy. And you can see as she went through the start of it, um, she hit the brakes a little bit just to change her speed. And it looks like, and it's hard to tell because it's a longer shot, but it looks like her hand slipped and she flicked the gear lever and her chain dropped. And so she's suddenly halfway through this corner and she's off the bike having to try and get the chain in. And it looks like it's not just dropped off, but sort of got stuck and so jammed and up And there's so much mud. There's so yeah. much mud on these bikes that, that, that it's like this. It's not, it's not a simple job. It's not so, like your simple... Yeah, so she's pulling the chain up. She has to roll the, the, you know, turn the pedals back a bit to loosen it off and get it back on. And just as she does, and that's the thing. It's not just that it's not just that Kant caught her. It's that it was just as Voss got the chain back on the ring and was getting ready to stand up and start, you know, doing the run to jump back on her bike. And so Kant passes her, but Voss is back on the bike within less than a second of her going past, and they are riding together. And, and I have never seen, and, and, and what's interesting about this is Voss, Voss freaks out a little bit at this point. Like Voss is, Voss, Voss just starts, Voss doesn't look comfortable. Once, once Kant's come back, Voss doesn't look so comfortable anymore. No. Geez. And it's real, real race on. Kant, this is Kant's opportunity. She thought she'd lost the race. She's got, you know, through, through I mean, Voss is bad luck. That's bike racing. You know what I mean? It's, yep. it's bad luck but slash, slash race instance. Yeah, yeah, oh, exactly. Fuck, if only I'd done something different, yeah. you know, keeping you up at two o'clock in the morning. Yeah, and they're exactly. racing together. And Kant... And they just and they and they uh, Voss gets Voss attacks and gets a little bit of a gap. Kant attacks gets a little bit of a gap, but they just ride it well and they come to that long off camber set off camber descent where Kant is just a genius. Yeah, and and it is amazing, you know, watching the back and forth and the positioning as they go through this last part of the course, and 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 you get and the beautiful thing, like you say, the course gets more and more complex in that second half. So you get to see all of the other beautiful bits that you know highlight different strengths and weaknesses of of riders. You know, so we see them, you know, jump off the bike and run up the stairs, um, and and we get which Voss is better on which which Voss <laughs> is better on, and you watch her, you watch her pump that that fast little motion that she has with her legs that just gets her so much ground. But then Kant is just behind her and using her power to sort of take longer strides and make sure that she's not losing too much there. Um, you know, and then you get to the hurdles and, and, you know, just that beautiful bike hopping fluid motion that Voss has over those and, and stuff like that. Oh. Like it was just, it was just brilliant. And, and then, you know, running up um, a couple of sections of, of, um, downhill, there was that switchback where um, you know Nash literally got off and ran down rather than rode down. Um, <laughs> because at that point in the race, you fucking do, you know? Yeah, what I mean? yeah, if yeah. You want exactly, to. exactly. And and you know, it was just you know heart in the mouth sort of stuff. It was it was fantastic. And um, and then, as you say, we get to the get to the last 
um, you know, downhill, and Kant is just genius um, as as she comes around on the, you know, like like it's one of those things that like. I don't know. Like you can't plan it. You just have to. You just have to feel it and back yourself as you get yourself into that position. Because she comes around on the wrong side and powers around basically. Oh, on a, oh my god! That was... downhill. It was just. It was chilling. It was just ridiculous. And Can, so, she, so she manages to overtake Voss. And this is and this is one of those things where Voss is, is the best descender in the world on the road, and she's yeah. a shit hot descender. And so can't just. And it's not just the. It's not just the getting the time. It's the because at this time it's also a mind game. Yeah, it's you a know mind, well, it's they a mind know game and it's positioning and 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 it's and they is, know that if they come to the if they come into the if they come into the finish if they come into the finish from a riding start then Voss has it won because. Absolutely. Because she's because she's a faster she's a faster sprinter, and, you know, and, and she, she is, and and it was really interesting to me watching it because you're hearing the commentators go, oh, you know, that was a great move, but not sure that this is actually the position that Kant wants to be in coming because into that she's straight in the front. because she's in the front, which gives Voss the ability to jump and surprise her and and you know control the sprint. Um, but the thing is, just before we get to that finishing straight. There's a tiny little ramp in the in the scheme of things uh, of everything that we've climbed so far. It's it's nothing. It's a little bump that you can kind of roll through. But Kant rides it fucking geniusly. I, I don't care that that's not even a word. Like it is now. That's how she wrote it <laughs> geniusly. I'm writing that down. That's actually the name of the episode now. Geniusly. Geniusly. Yeah. Oh um, my god, Bigly. Yeah. Is, is it Bigly Geniusly? Oh come on, let's not do that to our podcast. Jeez. <laughs> um, but yeah, like like it, it, because just as she gets to the the crest of that little rise, she does that beautiful little half 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 pedal stroke thing that bleeds off just enough of her speed to make Voss have to adjust for it behind her, and then she launches her sprint. Yes, so Voss, if they were going from a sprint, from a from a moving sprint, Voss has got it. Yep. But making Mariana have to go from a, having to slow down and then start again. Yeah. And, and Mariana and knows that, that Santa Camp that is very, yeah. very fast. Very, very, very. Um, Helen Wyman called her the sniper. She said you could never take, you never take Santa Camp to a sprint because she's got you. Now Voss with her because it's on the road and Voss is a Voss is also a, product, a great road yeah. rider. You'd think that Mariana Voss had the advantage, but she, but because Kant played it so clever, yeah, she didn't. Like, like, and Kant finally becomes world champion. I'm not lying. I went back and watched that move three more times after the first time I saw it. It was that sublime. It is one of the most beautiful moments of in race tactics you'll ever see she just rode it so well in any race in everyone was saying this is a race if you've never watched cyclocross before yeah it doesn't matter if you've never watched if you've never watched women's cycling before it doesn't matter this was just the most i mean i was screaming at my computer and screaming and it was just yeah oh it was it was uh, just uh, sublime and then to top it all off can't barbaric yorp as, <laughs> as she rode across the line it just summed it up perfectly 
can so so i mean i love both of them and this is one of the things is when you've got like a hundred favorites you and i i I am not gonna lie as if you've only got a (laughs) hundred i'm not gonna lie i wanted mariana voss to win because i wanted because she's had a really shit couple of couple of years i wanted mariana voss to win because i love mariana voss she's an amazing advocate for the sport but i I was so, so extraordinarily happy for Sana Khan and she was absolutely the worthy winner. Yeah. And so, so, oh my God, like that was just, <laughs> Miranda Vries wrote this great piece on the on trial where she was like having this like piece about don't tell Marianne Voss but even though I'm Dutch I'm glad Sana Khan won. <laughs> and she said, that, she said that she didn't know that she wanted Sana Khan to win until she saw Sana Khan winning. And especially in the context of the last of the, oh, smile, Santa. Oh, Santa, you know, you yeah, should smile yeah. at the podium. Bullshit. You know, bullshit that, that, that she got when Pony Fran Prevo won them and Talita yep. de Jong won, beat her. Santa can finally becoming world champion. Yeah, she says she's dreamed about it since she was six years old. She's the first Belgian woman to ever win. Really? Oh, wow. It's like, world championships That's amazing but i mean this is the, there's there's so much to love about it there really is the way she won the fact that she's wanted it so desperately for so long and been so honest about wanting it and not being happy that oh, she yeah. didn't get it and stuff which i actually really respect the shit out of but the thing that i love most about this particular race is it was it was like that perfect competitive spectacle no quarter was asked no quarter was given you know, like like they just raced the shit out of it, and oh. like like that's it. Everyone gave their all. Everyone rode their best race, and you know, in the end, Kant was the better woman on the day, and it was just brilliant. I mean, there is a tendency in cyclocross for it to become, you know, sometimes a dominant rider will ride off in in, a, in an early lap and just be and be out, you know, and, and that's beautiful too, you know, and as this showed, you can't, doesn't mean that you've absolutely won, yeah. but it was just, there's, there is that, there is that tendency and sometimes, but this was just exactly, you couldn't have scripted it better. No. Do you know what I mean? No. It was just oh i just i still have goosebumps thinking about it you have to watch that race even if you just watch the final lap watch yep. that because it's just it's just stunning and so dan you're not a cyclocross fan but do you see why i love it now oh yeah absolutely look i'm not joking uh you know i i will 100 percent be watching that again and i'll be showing that last lap to you know even my my casually interested non-cycling mates you know yeah yeah Yeah. so anyone who goes i quite like cycling watch this yeah yeah well exactly or you know i have a lot of mates who you know cycling's not really their sport but they know that we do this podcast and stuff and they'll ask about it or whatever i'll be like yeah oh my god this is what we talked about this week it's incredible you know um yeah like like it was just a phenomenal race and and i genuinely think and yeah, I haven't watched a lot of cross, and I don't mean this as a slight against other cross races, but of the cross races that I have seen, um, you know, for me, a big part of it was the that was a beautiful course. That was a really, really good course. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a really, really good course, but they, but still, but they bought. Oh but, yeah, they, you know, they, they, rode they, the, their... they rode the hell out of it. I mean, that's the thing. You know, you can have the best course in the world, but if, if people don't ride it, you know, to the to the limit, absolutely. But 
but I think for me that was one of the the key things that really helped me sort of appreciate it was you know things like the steps and the hurdles and stuff had a context for me in this particular race where you know it was I was deeply invested in what was happening you know like yeah. yeah yeah and and it was and it was it was just it was just it was just spectacular i mean there's and uh, Santa can afterwards crying on the i did have a bit of a cry with her and you know and, and it means so now here's the thing that i want to say about Santa Kant winning so when Santa Kant lost to pauline and fran Pavot, um you know like how cyclists get asked the questions like immediately after the race by the yep. press and they're not necessarily at their best and they don't necessarily explain themselves well but Santa had a bit of a rant on about part-timers right um, she's like, all oh, these road, road riders who, who don't ride the whole season and they come back and they ride just, and they just come and win. So I'm, I'm sick of it. And I, I you know, I, I take her points and I don't take her point, but she, but it came from her heart and it came from a place where Santa Kant has been racing and racing and racing her heart out for, for cyclocross and rides a full season. To be honest, one of the reasons that she won this year was because she had normally, can rides everything throughout the season yep. everything everything she wants to win every um every series all three series as she rides everything and that means that by the time she gets to worlds she's a lot more tired than for example a rider like pauline fran who mm-hmm. started in december the year that she won worlds or mariana voss who's who's ridden eight eight races she's going to come in fitter but on the other hand for most of these riders, you just cannot afford to be a full. You haven't been able to afford to be a full time cyclocross rider. Yeah? yeah, you've got to you you you. So I'm kind of on. I kind of feel Santa Kant's pain, but at the same time, I feel like well, you know, not many riders have been able to do this, except now we're in 2017, and for the first time, every every big race a whole load of little races every the, all the medium-sized races have all been streamed live yep. on not just on the internet but on actual television mm, yeah mm. if you're in britain you can watch it on you can watch the david Vey trophy the aizaburka ladies trophy on on your television on the bike channel tv if you're in america you can watch it on trek's website you know, because they're, 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 they're streaming it. This is a, this is a massive game changer and it's happened super fast. Yeah. Right. Yep. It took, well, no, that's not true. It took a long time to, for change to start. Yeah, but once well, change started, it started really, it went yeah, really it's, fast. It's the classic overnight success. It took years and years and years and then it happened overnight. And, and yeah, exactly. And, and, and I asked, I, I talked to Mariana Voss just before the, before the race, before the race. And she was like, we have to, we have to give credit to the Belgian media, but we also have to give credit to Helen Moyman, who worked so hard to get this to happen, to push it. And there's, there's things like, for example, one of the, one of the UCI rule changes that Helen really pushed for was for the elite women's race in a major race to be immediately before the elite men's race. Yep. Because in the past they've kind of you know the the super the super prestige would shove the women's race like down the down the thing so you know yep. they wouldn't have the crowds they wouldn't have it was hard to televise they wouldn't have the media because the yeah. media would be you know, wouldn't be there yeah, exactly. and there's and a big this difference is... between showing the women's race at eleven and the men's race at twelve and showing the women's race at eight and the men's race at yeah 10. or ten yeah, yeah exactly exactly so that enabled 
TV to TV to happen. Sports yeah. have started streaming last year. The, the, the what, what's this year? The Dave Ave the Isabel book um, women's trophy because they started streaming that. It got they got money for they got they got a title sponsor for the women's for the women's trophy. Um, they've had every because of that. It also made super prestige up their game. Right, we've got to you know we've got to show this, and for the first time, women can make a living, a good living, out of cyclocross. Out, like the men can in Belgium, you can be an absolute superstar, like absolute sporting rich bastard superstar of cyclocross. And so there's something there's something nice about Sana Kant. Finally, you know, Sana Kant, the the pure cyclocross rider. She has she's done a little bit of road, but she's just not. You know, she's a pure cyclocross rider. Finally, winning. Finally, becoming the first Belgian Belgian woman ever to win cyclocross in the year that that the Belgians can watch. Do you know that one million people in Flanders watched the women's national national cyclocross championship? I totally believe that. Yep. And one point two million watched the men. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's like awesome. That's so good. That's. Because in Belgium, you love cyclocross. You just want to see more cyclocross. You don't care yeah. if it's men or women. Now you can watch both. You're watching both. Yeah, exactly. Having... Like, you know, oh, another hour of coverage of the sport, which I love. That sucks, said no sports fan ever. So Exactly, exactly. So it's yeah. just, it's like, if you build it, they will come. If you show it, they will come and watch. You know, I can't remember what the what the audience share was. It was something like 80% of the country watched, uh, 80% right. of Flandrians watched um, the men and, eight, you know, 79% watched the women or something ridiculous. Yeah. Okay, that's percentages off, but, you know, that's, yeah. so it's like... This isn't cyclocross has suddenly become in in it went from being really you know hard a bit hard a bit sexist a bit backwards in terms of sport you know in terms of sport into a bit difficult like you know it wasn't so long ago that Hanka Kupfernagel and Daphne van der Brand were really had to fight just to get us world championships in the first place you yeah, know yeah. like this has been a long a long this has been a lot of hard work behind this and it's come a lot of hard work from amazing riders yeah so yeah so (sighs) it was just there's going to be it's going to be very very hard i mean i think about like the race when sven nace um pedal fell off in the end of the sprints you know i think about like there's those kind of those there's those kind of races but this is going to be a legendary race that cyclocross fans talk about forever you know it was just that's good it was just extraordinary and you know gutted for Voss of course I am you know I'm a big Voss fangirl but but delighted for Santa Kant and um although Voss was really struggling to hold it together on the and especially when you when it's you know because of a mistake and a, and yeah. a dumbass mistake you know like fuck um but can't cry on the podium and they had a great interview with Voss the next day on sports so where she was looking a little bit like tired eyed yeah. and it was because she had been drinking with Santa Camp the night before <laughs> after the rest uh, as you do as you do I mean it wasn't the only good women's race because the under 23 women's race was also amazing and oh my god American Ellen Noble taking that downhill in a way that I just had to hide behind my pillow it's like how are you not <laughs> dead Ellen it was just uh, in in that in the under twenty three women's race. It was a fight between. Um, it looked like Evie Richards, last year's under twenty three winner, um, 
was was definitely had it sewn up she was out solo for a lot for, for you know for the first for the first for the in the first two laps uh Evie richards is a rider who doesn't ride much cyclocross it's the british cycling style um of of not riding much cyclocross and last year her first international race was the under 23 worlds and but then she was caught by um, Anna-Marie Worst and uh, Ellen Noble, who traded turns at the front, who just, who, who, it, and again, it was like, it went right up to the last lap where Worst managed to, where Richard's, Richard just bonked. She just, she just, she just blew up. Just had nothing left. Yep. Nothing left. Um, Ellen Noble won the under 23 world cup and actually came sixth in the world cup series overall um, in the, in the elite world cup series overall. And, you know, and you could tell that her, you know, more, her, her, she was just, she was just, they were just better. They were just better. Anna Marie worst who was third in Hugo Heide last year, last week um, in the, in the world cup road versed drops Noble verse one noble second crossing the line with this massive 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 huge grin and smile and happiness yep. and every richards crossing in third equally happy delighted gorgeous and you know they had this ridiculous podium thing and because the uci was showing us what it was like backstage behind the podium <laughs> you could see them like helping each other pick the mud out of each other's eyelashes before they went <laughs> onto the podium nice nice Checking each other's hair, yeah. And they got. I mean, the similar thing happened with the elite women because Katerina Nash, who came third in the elite women, was um, saying, helping Santa Canton, saying, "Hey, you've got to live with these photos for the rest of your life." <laughs> but there was no chance of mud in Santa Canton's eyes because she'd been crying so hard. Yeah, you know, she yeah. cried so hard after the well, race. But, even, but yeah, even um, so, there there are plenty of great shots of her her face entirely covered in in mud as she as she screams in victory as she crosses the line anyway so yeah you've got your you've got your you've got your muddy action shots that's that's yeah yeah. definitely and if you like me love muddy action shots uh balant hambas cyclephotos.co.uk makes an amazing cyclocross album every year for the season and makes takes gorgeous 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 photos and he's got a crowdfunder for his 2017 2016 2017 season so do do buy balance book because he's he's a lovely bloke his books are amazing gorgeous photos so yeah um yeah so yeah just just um so it was truly fantastic racing um truly fantastic racing truly uh, truly fantastic so Santa Kant won Marina Voss second Katrina Nash third Lucinda Brand fourth amazing for her to come back after she had uh had 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 those problems Magalie Rochette of Canada in fifth like literally the race of her life rochette has been really really good on the north american cyclocross season but oh my god she rode that perfectly didn't put a, make a mistake fifth is just astronomical for her um everlechna sixth christina mayaru seventh like wow. local girl yep. she rode a very physical race like there was sometimes they were saying that she was shoulder barging but i think in one case she'd actually just you know just rescued herself from crashing but yeah. she rode a very physical race um ellen van loy in eighth nikki bromare ninth and katie antonou antonou who'd crashed tenth um in the junior race also a big shout out to um manon Bakker in fifth who's still a junior right okay wow now i need to just do say something about the under 23s this was only the second year that the under 23s have had their own world championships and before and and there was a bit of a criticism of oh well you know maybe they shouldn't be under 23 because there's not that big a field not big enough field there were still 45 riders and that field was incredible you know there were two australians in it they finished 42nd or 43rd the last (laughs) two finishers 
Okay. Um, but but you know, and an Australian will never have ridden anything like that at all. No, no. Well, well, not in Australia. Yes. Yes, not no. not in Australia. We'll, so that we'll, was just. We'll ride bikes in all sorts of places, though. So you know. But that was that was just. This is just. This just shows like. Versed noble Richards would never have come anywhere near the top. And it's so exciting and so important that the women, the men have a junior world champs and under 23 world champs and a, and an elite world champs in mountain biking, cross country mountain bike. The under 23 riders also get their own world cup. Yep. Uh, cyclocross. That's our next step. We want a junior world championships and we want a, um, uh, 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 a world a junior world championships we want an under 23 uh world cup we want a junior world cup you know there's still a long way to go i'm very excited about cyclocross but there's still a long way to go but yeah. yeah and when and a little bit of pathos because um anna maria worst she's a mountain but she's she's better known as a mountain biker but after she won she said um she rode for anna fleur calvin Haar. Um, a young Dutch rider who died in a in a mountain bike um, in a mountain in the in 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 the mountain bike um, uh, race a couple of uh, a couple of years ago uh, in a freak accident in 2014 at right. the um, at, a, at the World Cup in Maribel. Uh, she was racing in the Eliminator race and she crashed and she died. Mm. And Anna Marie Worst and Anna Fleur were were friends, and yep. after 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 Anna Marie Worst won, she said she rode for Anna Fleur in her memory, mm. and it's just, you know, it's yeah. just it, it's just a sweet, you know, yeah, beautiful. Mm. Mm. <sighs> so we've conv- we've 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 converted Dan to cyclocross. Well, let's not get ahead of ourselves. I mean, worlds aren't on for another year, so. Ah, you know. uh, come on! There's and no, there's two races this weekend. How two many, live races this how many, weekend. How many of them are in BLs? None, but that doesn't mean they're right. not good. So yeah, no, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying they remain unproven, though. So you know, hard to say. Hard to say. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, um, look, it, it hasn't all been good news this week, though which is um, unfortunate, but there have been a couple of announcements that um, are varying degrees. Some are just outright sad, and some are kind of a little bit sad, but a little bit, you know, oh, okay. Um, Yeah, I mean, the week last week started with Nicole Cook giving her testimony to the parliamentary inquiry on doping in sports. Um, Basically, you have a parliamentary inquiry is something we have a set of MPs and lords who will... Uh, investigate something um, an, an issue and then they'll make uh, recommendations to the to parliament to make new laws to make change it or yeah. make changes in funding and this just came about because of the, do- the doping in athletics it also uh, in, in various other sports as well and of course it touched on cycling and yeah yeah um, and, and look, I was a little bit curious about this because I, I don't think I was 100% clear on the exact mechanism um, because I thought that Nicole Cook had presented her um, evidence earlier, like last year. 
No, well, what happens in a parliamentary inquiry is that people start off presenting written evidence, yeah. Yep. And the um, the the the, the committee the committee members, the MPs and the law and members of the House of Lords is, is different every time. Some of these may be people who are experts in it. Some people may be interested. They're all right. people who are interested in it. Yeah. But some people may like you may, for yeah, example, like know a lot a about one interest. part of it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you might. Yeah, and and, and you might know a lot about athletics, for example, or you might know yeah. a bit about sports in general. So they they present their evidence. And then people are called to give live evidence, and these are filmed. They're streamed on the website, and you can right. watch Nicole Cook's evidence. And the reason they're asking Nicole was because it's it's her evidence about cycling, but also there are questions because one of the things that has came up was the the Bradley Wiggins uh, um, at the Tour de France uh, issue, and they had the issue where Simon Cope, who was then the nominal chair, a nominal Cope, who was then the coach for the women, British. British women's cycling team delivered a parcel to um, this team Skybus, this yeah. mysterious parcel to this, Team Skybus. This Sky parcel Bus. that nobody seems to know what was in it. And British cycling's excuse at the time had been, oh, well, he was there to have a training meeting with Emma Pooley, even though Emma Pooley was racing in Spain, a different, you know, in a yeah. completely different part of the country, part of the part of Europe to, um, yeah, to where Sky were. Yeah, so they were asking her lots of questions like that, but they also got into questions around, and, and, and one of the things they do is they can ask whatever questions they like, and what they're looking for is background. So I had a bit of an argument with my friend Geth about this, because uh, I was watching it and he was seeing my tweets, and I was talking about how they asked her a lot about, you know, the background about British cycling, about sexism in British cycling, yep. um, and, and sexism in sport, and they're trying to work, and basically the reason they do this is they want to look at the like wider, wider issue, you know, the kind of wider context, and one of the things you might recommend is actually we need to have a look at how for example what might come out of this is they might have a recommendation that, that they look at how public fund public money that goes to a national sporting government body governing body if it's if it's not if it's being used equitably yeah exactly like to take the example you just gave like there are multiple issues there one is you know did simon cope deliver a banned substance to team sky and yes that's very serious in its own right but a secondary mm -hmm. and in its own way no less important issue is what the fuck makes british cycling think it's okay to divert resources being the head coach of the women's program to support an ancillary arm of the men's program you know at the expense of the elite women that he's meant to actually be looking after as part of his job mm. you know and and so yeah you totally would ask those sort of questions but it was very interesting because i mean anyone who knows anything about cook knows that she's been talking about this but what's really funny is there's a set of there's a set of very vocal anti-doping people on twitter now some of them are really lovely and i i really like them and and but there's a lot of there was a load of them who who know nothing who will literally only jump on something if they see doping so for example suddenly they'd heard of lizzie lizzie dane and lizzie armitstead last year when she missed her three tests mm. so they know all about her and then you have people literally going, oh, well, Cook won so much. She must have been doping. She must have been doping. And you're sitting there going, and she's literally talking about how she had, she was prescribed something for a knee operation that would have given her an advantage. So she took six months out of the sport because she didn't want to ride while she still had that advantage in her system. Oh, well, she must have been doping because she won all the time. And you're like, oh, but Cook is, um, Cook is very... Cook has Cook has been talking about this for years, and she was very, very, um, she was very measured. Like when you read, it was very interesting watching the what, no, watching her, listening to her testimony. 
but also watching people live tweet it. Right. Because, obviously, because of 140 characters, you have to condense. But she was very, very careful to start everything with her, well, I only know what I saw and I didn't see this, so I can't say I know about this, you know? Or in my experience, I can only speak to my own experience. She was very, very, very careful to frame things properly. This is a parliamentary inquiry. You're not under oath, but if you lie in a parliamentary inquiry, that's bad. That's bad juju. You know, that's that's going to be, that's going to come and get you. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's part of an official historic record that can be, you know, picked through at people's leisure later. Like, you don't want to fuck it up. No, and... Yeah, so so watching Cook, and there were some very leading questions that she avoided very nicely. You know, there was definitely <laughs> some leading questions where where there were tra- you know where people were tra- because the other thing is, so you get the MPs, they've read they've read all the um re- all the background documents, they've done their own research, they've read all the evidence that's been the written evidence that's presented to them, but they're coming to a state of, in a lot of cases, informed ignorance. Uh huh. Uh-huh. So and, and also people... bringing their own agendas to it as well, obviously. Yeah, bringing their yeah. own agendas, but also being, but also being really shocked by some of the things they heard. So it's it's like it's like you know when you talk about you have someone who's new to women's cycling and you say, oh yeah, you know, um, a men in the men's men's Ronde van Vlaanderen is two hundred and forty kilometers, but the women's is sorry two hundred and fifty kilometers, but the women's is one hundred and thirty. Yeah, and they're like. Why? Yeah, 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 exactly. You get to see these beautiful reactions of, like, confused disbelief. What do you mean? Why? Why, why would it be... Di- why? <laughs> that makes no sense. And, and it's stuff that you get... You take... Yeah. It's not so much that I take it for granted, but I'm so used to it that I'm yeah. still outraged by it. But it's just, oh, yeah, you know, it is what it is. Women don't get... Oh, what? You mean women don't get paid a minimum wage and men do? Yeah, yeah. You know, and you're like... Yeah. Oh yeah, you know, blah blah blah, and 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 it's like it's just it's like it's really really fascinating. Mm. Like to just it's fascinating to watch because it's 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 newbies like newbies yeah. asking these new questions that you know that anyone who's been around the sport knows the answer to. But at the same time, it's really important to hear those new questions be asked again. And so it's a unique thing because it's people who are who've really done their done some homework on this on the whole issue about blood doping and so on, and the whole issue about doping as well hang on a minute what why why what and you know so so british cycling said that they had that, that they that they'd stored this package in their building but they didn't know what was in it does that seem feasible to you nicole <laughs> like you know does that seem is that an do you think that would be a normal thing for them to say is that well you know i can only talk from my experience but no you know like 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 i, I mean you know obviously yeah. i'm talking about the sexism aspects because that's the thing i'm interested in but you know if she's the same thing about the doping so so would it be normal as an as a cyclist to to take this this kind of asthma medication so, yep. well you know i don't know, i don't know what his doctor said to him but i was but i was very surprised yeah <laughs> you know what i mean and and it's and it's really so it's it's quite a unique thing to watch you know it's it's quite a unique thing to watch because they're literally just trying to get underneath what's going on here yeah. they've questions you know not all the questions are like friendly they're not yeah, they don't yeah, necessarily exactly. like friendly witness it'd be hang on a minute you said this why have you said this in inverted commas you know yeah, yeah. What, what what do you mean by that and she's like oh oh well i just i, I it doesn't yeah. mean any, you know it doesn't mean anything you know like 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 there's like a lot of there's a lot of stuff that's that's really you know they're not they don't treat her like oh you're a friendly yeah, yeah, witness they're not all just being you know soft and 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 tender and and yeah. making you know beautiful care of you. So how long before we um, we get some findings or some sort of an outcome? Oh from god, this? ages, okay. ages on this because you know it takes a long time and they've got other things to do well, too. But it was, it, in and that you case, can read it all. 
is there one particular piece of testimony like what was your favorite favorite single thing my favourite thing was just watching her sidestep some leading questions to me. Okay. My really favourite thing was how measured and how, you know, people sometimes present Nicole Cook as this, especially British cycling, as this ranting, angry, bitter person who's out to get British cycling, you know, la la la, and and she and she, um, you know, she's done that the, she. She was a two-time world. She was a world and Olympic champion, and she won't admit that British Cycling helped her do, do did that for her, and blah blah blah. But you watch her testimony, and she's just she's very very fair. Mm. She won't make stuff that she's not talking about. She'll say, actually, yes, yeah, Simon Cope did ask for us to have a training camp, but he wasn't. We weren't allowed to have one. You know, like she's not like going right. after. She's not wasn't like throwing anyone under the bus or anything. Yeah, she was just yeah. being. So yes, yeah, so I really enjoyed honestly. that. Yeah. Um, the other thing that was interesting, though, afterwards was that um, British Cycling said that they um, that, that it was because of them that they said, "Well, we can't be sexist because we 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 led to the creation of the women's tour." What? I know. Oh my god! I I don't even have. I, I don't think in if if that was all we talked about for the rest of the year, I don't think we would have enough podcast time to unpack all the stupid in that statement. I know, and it's especially interesting given that we've seen the we saw this year that the women's tour asked to go to seven days, and British Cycling have blocked them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just but to take it, but I know that they didn't do that. You know, I worked on the original women's tour for the mm. first two women's tours. On the actually on the race, I commentated for the third one. Yep. I know that British Cycling didn't organise that race. I know that it wasn't British Cycling taking the risks. Yeah. It yeah. was it was Sweet Spots, the race yeah. organisers, yeah. who took the risks, who who, who put that race on, yeah. and 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 they did it. They did it as a you you know you get on with this and do it they weren't allowed to call it the women's tour of britain yep. they weren't allowed to call it they were they were you know they they they, they had to they had to really try to persuade uh british cycling to send a british women's a, a, yeah, a national yeah. team to it it's not that british cycling did nothing for for that for you know for, yeah, for the race but but that they was did not you know cause that race to to come into existence or anything i mean all i can do in response to that is my my best my best response to that is um you know the the silently raised british eyebrow yeah that is glorious so yeah yeah, so the other sad things that we've heard um this week uh philadelphia classic was devastating to me to hear that news that um that the philadelphia cast funding for 2017 so they're cancelling it yeah and, and i mean for this... men's men's and women's like it's the whole race it's it's and that's i mean i i got to admit i'm a bit gutted that they're cancelling the whole thing and i did raise my eyebrows when they said they needed a million pounds to put on the race oh, i mean I that's th- that's the racing dollars. Uh, yeah, sorry, a million dollars spent on the race. I mean, you, since Brexit, that's pretty much the same thing, Daniel. You know, you should probably come to Britain this year because, like, the the pound is fucking dreadful. Yeah, I'm sorry, so, but my fuckwit conservative government is deliberately keeping my dollar weak against the American fuckwit conservative government, which is keeping their dollar weak against your fuckwit conservative government. So, you know, I um, <laughs> I still can't afford to go anywhere. Ah. <laughs> uh, but you know this is a good time this is a good time americans to come to england because you know so come to the women's tour come to the women's tour this year because you know it's less yeah. ex- it's it's <laughs> flee fascism for for old school thatcherism 
<laughs> no, it's not even old school Thatcherism. It's worse because Thatcher was pro-Europe. Oh. So, um, <laughs> thanks, Dan. Thanks for, thanks <laughs> for cheering me up. It. Um, <laughs> Welcome to the unofficial unsanctioned politics show. <laughs> Um, so so yeah so the philadelphia classic is cancelled it was one of the races in the world tour um which is really sad um it's sad for the world tour that it's sad for cycling i mean the philly classic has cancelled before and come back again you know it's a it's a a resilient race but it's also a beautiful one it means that we now only have two rounds of the world tour outside of um europe and it also fucks up i mean i just hope that no one had booked their 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 plane tickets because you know it it, it's it fucks up the american the you know the 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 american season and i'm gutted for the organizers for the fans for the riders because philly classic is a beautiful race oh, and it's a, yeah it's a great race and you know and it's got real history and and i love that race and and yeah i'm just really really disappointed to to see it gone um and you know there's concerns about what that might mean for some of the other american races too it's going to be harder for like winston salem to to get a, a big field and stuff like that so you know it, hopefully yeah because because i mean the reason that people you know people go can go out and ride philly and ride at a couple of other american races but you know for a for, for a european team i mean no i mean they, they might it, it makes it it makes it harder to justify the expense. You know, a yeah. world tour is something you can get the funding for. Yeah. But then if it's a choice between, like, just going out for some, even a UCI race, they can, the amount that you of races that you could do in Europe for that. Yeah, exactly. So, but it's also gutting that it happens so relatively, you know, relatively late. I mean, I guess the season yeah. hasn't started, but, you know, well, and it's it does, still... It does highlight what we've said earlier when we were talking about the calendar. It's one of the, one of the dangers with the UCI calendar being published so late slash early you know in terms of uh... no the uci calendar shouldn't be i mean it, the uci calendar should should be published months in ahead even though races like this could fall off it but it's it's because just because it's impossible to organize for you know yeah, yeah. like it's impossible to organize for but it's just it's it's a shame that there's not more due diligence given before mm. they allow a race to actually be on it yeah yeah um, and you know it's just it's gutting and and we tend to lose rate you know in uh, prior to 2012 like the last olympic cycle was 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 different but we've tended in the past to lose races and teams in the in the post olympic year yeah and i hope that we won't i hope that this isn't i hope this is just like a yeah i hope it's a, a one off and i hope it's a a you know postponement not a complete loss of but you know, we'll just have to see how that plays out. Um, yeah, and speaking what... of of um, you know things ending um, this week, uh, Lauren Rowney announced her retirement from pro cycling at, uh, as she says, the ripe age of twenty eight. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that was a. I, I mean, she announced it in a, a blog on Ella Cycling Tips, where she's been doing some writing um, through the the last year, um, and she's told some very compelling stories too about um, issues with her mental health and stuff. And and in this um, retirement announcement, talks about how at one point that had um, you know, uh, I guess ballooned out into an eating disorder and stuff like that as well, and. And all of these other things that um, have led her to the point where she says that she's very um, happy with her decision to retire and that she's leaving on her own terms. And so, you know, I'll be sad to see her go, but I wish her all the best uh, for whatever she does next. 
she says that she wants to try some mountain biking. She says she doesn't want to leave cycling behind continually. She's always wanted to try mountain biking, but she's been too scared of injuring herself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because, you know, as a, as, a, as a professional road cyclist, you have to. So, yeah, I mean, there are some things in that, in that statement that make me worry, like, I'm, you know, about, about like, just the state of women's cycling, about what women's cycling is like. You know, she's, yeah. she's very honest about, this, about how she's loved it, but it's been difficult at times, you know, and it exacerbated her depression. It exacerbated her anxiety and i hope all for the success you know i just hope for the best for her and i've really enjoyed lauren in the peloton and i'll miss yep. her and she's added but she added so much and i'm happy you know i'm, I'm super happy that she, you know she says she's retired on her own terms yeah and yeah. that's that's what you that's ultimately what you want for a rider isn't it exactly. like you can't your career doesn't last forever yeah exactly and, that's, and whatever she finds next i i hope it brings her a lot of joy i secretly hope that she's actually retiring so that she can work on um developing the pilot for her odd couple reboot with her and carly taylor uh, <laughs> who, yeah uh, constantly joking around anyway and notoriously um having lots of fun together so yeah um, um, I want to say thank you to the two to everyone who came to my. I did two talks this week. One was in real life in Bristol at Roll for the Soul, the bike, great bike cafe in Bristol, and the other was virtually at BFF Bikes in Chicago. And I just want to say thank you so much to everyone who came. Thank you to Roll for the Soul and BFF Bikes. Um, I really, really enjoyed myself, and I hope you did too. And it was lovely. So awesome. uh, thank you. I have it on good authority that Sarah does this cute little head bob when she says Marianne of us so at one point during the q a i realized i was bouncing on one <laughs> foot and vic said my partner said that i bounced i bounced and when i say mariana voss i bounce in rhythm <laughs> mariana voss bounce, bounce, bounce. so yeah um sorry yeah. about that no, well, uh, something, something i just find mariana voss a very bouncy name it's, it's mariana voss it just trips off the tongue doesn't it it's like bounce 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 so yeah um yes thank you very much and i've currently if you want are worried about like losing bike races and teams i've got on the blog at the moment prowomenscycling.com my really simple how to you know we we by ourselves might feel powerless in the world but our tiny small actions in anything that we do adds up to a really big move you know really big really big action when you add it with other people yep and my women's cycling equivalent is I've got um, a little a list of 10 things that you can do if you just take five minutes. Well, I said five minutes a week, but what I really mean is five minutes a day uh, to just to just do just to take five minutes out of your week to just do something to support women's cycling. And I've got some ideas on the on the blog, prowomenscycling.com. And I've also got, as we said at the top of the show, a lot of um, people saying all the telling us telling me about all the purchases they've made because of a company's involvement in professional women's cycling so if you go to the site you can read all that um and yeah i'm it's it's you know if you've got ideas of other things that people can do you know really simple tiny little little tiny things that make a difference then ping me because i'm i you know let's 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 focus on what we Absolutely. can change you know i mean for example you could say dear pigeons or dear sarah um you know how about we encourage people to go to patreon.com slash women's oh, cycling no. No, no, no 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 it's about the sport but thank you it is about, about the, the sport. sport it is about the sport 
stop being British and modest and shit. Let me do this. Um, so you can go to patreon.com slash women's cycling and you can make a, a small contribution if you would like to help support the work that Sarah does in keeping us all up to date on the sport, interviewing writers and, um, you know, generally helping us to all be aware of the stories of the peloton. And um, that is, for example, one way in which we can help make this sport better. So I've got yeah. to tell you, that's not in my blog. I promise you. No, so no, that that's exactly the little that's... reason I had to mention it is because you didn't put it in your blog. So, you know, yes. Um, and I also want to say, if you're in Britain, especially the Beer Game Changer Awards by the Women's Sports Trust are up at the moment. This is an annual award where you can uh, vote for people to be, you know, be to be a beer game changer and. Um, I am definitely going to vote for Helen Wyman uh, and her work on mm. her work on cyclocross yeah. and uh, vote for lots of uh, for, for anyone you want. The voting close. You can vote for anywhere in the world, even though you're not British. I'm just saying British because it has a British focus, but because it's a British, you know, British yep. awards thing. But you can vote from every vote. You can you can nominate from anywhere in the world um, for any sport, women's sport. Please do. Um, that is at, if you use the it's women's sport trust. Uh, dot com and it's be a game changer uh hashtag cool well thank you for hanging out with us um for today um we've covered a lot of ground and so it's been fun as always to bring you the highlights of the racing and to then talk about some of the more serious and and some of the you know not so great announcements of the week we will be back um, in the very near future to talk more racing with you. If you would like to talk to us in the meantime, as Sarah said, you can visit us on the blog. Prowomenscycling.com Or you can uh, find Sarah on Twitter at underscore pigeons underscore. Or I am... You can find... Yes? Or, or what did you say? I was going to say, <laughs> or you can talk to me if you really want, I guess, um, at... Dan, Dan w, w, official. w official. Yeah. Um, thank. And yeah. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.